Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. I'm Janelle. Would you join me in reading um, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21? When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews, and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show Importance in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, let's hear for Janelle, whom I asked like five minutes ago and did all those names really well. <laughs> Uh, you, you know the secret. If you don't know a word, just say it with confidence. And, but you pronounced everything right. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Brittany, and I'm the pastor. And I'm so glad to see you guys all here today on Pentecost. Happy birthday, church. Wow, you guys don't sound like it's your birthday. Um, it's not UVC's birthday. It's the big church. Like, every church. Like, Two thousand years ago, the birth of the church. That's what, uh, Darius gets to share his birthday with the birth of the church this year. So that's pretty awesome, right? 
Um, so today we celebrate, it's called Pentecost. Okay, anybody wear red on purpose because it's Pentecost? Yes, one person. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, red because it's Pentecost, um, a sign of the Holy Spirit, of, of fire. Um, yes, thank you, Teo. Uh, so Pentecost is, in the Jewish tradition, it was, it is a celebration of the Festival of Wheats. It happens 50 days after Passover, which for us then, you know, Passover was, became Easter for us, so 50 days after Easter is Pentecost, right? Christian Pentecost, Jewish Pentecost. Um, and what we read in our scriptures is that Jews from all over the world were gathered to celebrate this festival of wheats. They came from Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and um, Egypt and parts of Libya and Rome from all over the world they came. Luke tells us, Luke says, every nation under heaven was present. And so here are all these people from all over the world gathered to give thanks to God for the spring harvest um, and for the giving of the uh, law on Sinai. So these two big celebratory things. The problem is they can't understand each other at all, right? Um, They have come to gather and worship God, but they have no common faith language, no common language to communicate with each other. And then something strange, something incredibly strange happens. Without any warning, there's this sound of a strong wind, gale force, right? And no one, like you know that came from my microphone, but no one could tell where it came from. They're all looking around. And it filled the whole building. It was like this wildfire. The Holy Spirit spread throughout the ranks of the people. And the 12 disciples, that's the original 11 plus Matthias, who was just elected like three verses before. The 12 disciples uh, start speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompts them. This global body of Israelites cannot figure out what is happening here they are. At, at one point, they have no common language, and now suddenly they are hearing their language, their mother tongue spoken perfectly from these Galileans. It doesn't make sense. How do they know our mother tongue? How is it that I can understand them? And so they come to the only logical conclusion that they can they're drunk. <laughs> But Peter, Peter steps up and he takes the lead by gathering everyone to death together. And he preaches, I guess it's probably every preacher's dream sermon. He says, um, uh, we hear a bit of this sermon today. Uh, we ended with uh, verse 21. You can keep reading the rest of Acts 2 and you'll see the whole sermon. But um, if we keep reading, we see that he tells everybody Y'all, change your life. Change your life. Each of you turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so your sins can be forgiven, he says. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is for you. 
and it is for your children. It is for everyone. I love uh, the very last line that we heard. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. It is for everyone, this Holy Spirit. So we have this day um, we have this day we celebrate because at the end of this sermon, 3,000 people were baptized. See, that I told you it was a heck of a sermon. 3,000 people were baptized, and they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to, to life together as a community, to the common meal, and to prayers. And so, y'all, we are doing things a little differently today. Um, so, uh, relax. It's going to be okay. This is what happens when you um, are open to the Holy Spirit. We're going to change the order of worship a little bit. So, I said they committed themselves to the common meal. We call that Eucharist, the great Thanksgiving, a time where we say thank you, God, a time where we connect and are in communion with God, a time when we connect and are in communion with each other. And so we are going to take a little pause, and i got to get the bread out because I don't have student pastors that do all this stuff, and so I forgot. So <laughs> thank you for all the ministry you did over this last nine months, Santa, and thank you for reminding me uh, to get the bread out. Heather, anybody want leftover bread from last service? No, okay. Uh, so we come together in this common meal. We call it the Great Thanksgiving. And in it, we remember our triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God and Mother of us all. We remember God who created us, who breathed into us the breath of life, who made us in God's own image. We remember that We've messed up. We've turned from God. And God has continually been faithful and called us back. That's our creator, God. We remember the Son, Jesus Christ, who came and lived among us, who taught us how to be human, who ate with sinners, which is like everybody, who healed the sick and brokenhearted, and who, when in the fullness of time, gave himself up for us. On that night, he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body. Take and eat this in remembrance of me. As often as you gather, share this common meal. And when the supper was over, he took the cup again, giving thanks. He said, take and drink of this, all of you. You had the law at Sinai, but now you have a new covenant, the covenant of love. Drink of this as often as you gather in remembrance of me. And then we ask and we remember the presence of the Holy Spirit. Pour out your Spirit on us, God, and on these gifts of bread and fruit of the grape that in some 
mysterious way, ways that we cannot even fully comprehend. Your presence is with us in this day, in this place, and in these elements. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us, God, that in taking this meal, we might be one with you and one with each other, and we might catch a vision of the heavenly banquet that you have set. Amen. We're going to come back to this meal in a minute. Well, several minutes. Um, and I'm, I'm going to, prefer, I'm going to uh, prepare you that the end of my sermon, I'm preparing you so that you have a chance to respond because we're not used to a charismatic tradition here. Um, but we are introducing that because God is bigger than one tradition. God is, is, is and, and when we embrace more traditions, um, we get to see a fuller glimpse of God. So, at the end of my sermon, uh, Nick is going to come up, and he has oil, and we're going to have an altar call. And an altar call is not just for somebody that's never had faith. It might be for someone that might come and respond because they want to renew their faith. They want to, um, we use the Christian word repent. They want to turn and do something new in a new way. And so he, it, it, it's a beautiful liturgy that he's going to invite you into. So I invite you, last, last, apparently I'm the only one that wants to do a new way. I was the only one that got oil last service. But I think it's because we didn't prepare him well. Don't you think, Nick? Yeah. Now I'm preparing. You guys have any questions about an altar call? How many of you are scared? okay. Yeah, that's okay. How many of you are like, yes, I might be at home in my tradition for 30 seconds? Yes. Um, So be ready. Come and receive oil. Because today we do celebrate Pentecost, the birth of the church. So happy birthday and come Holy Spirit in this place. We gather today to celebrate and expect that we too will be renewed and reborn by the power of the Holy Spirit. We expect the Holy Spirit to bring us together as one in the midst of our different cultures, different languages, different traditions, different beliefs, different interpretations, different theologies. Pentecost is about being unified in words, unified in, in that we believe salvation is for all people. Pentecost is about claiming that as God's people, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit allows us to speak and to hear, and you know I'm going to say this because we're an evangelism sermon series, to go and tell, right? To speak, to hear, and to go and tell. And so we're going to talk about that just briefly today, those three things. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit allows us to speak. The Galileans were enabled to speak in tongues that were not their own. For any of you that speak a second language, how many of you speak more than one language? You know that it's more than just literal word-for-word translation. It's about knowing the nuances of the language. It's about knowing the culture that you're in, the idioms that you're in, right? And the Spirit's movement was so great that the Jews from the other countries didn't just say, oh, I hear words in my mother tongue. They said, I hear the articulation of faith 
proclaimed in a way that is centered on my expression. The Galileans don't know anything about my culture, and yet they are sharing faith in a way that is relevant to me and my culture and tradition. I can understand them. The Holy Spirit allows them to speak. On a small scale, I see this happening at UBC. Um, I often encourage people to visit other UBC sites just to see that this church is bigger than one site. How many of you have been to a different site before? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love seeing that. Oftentimes, when people come back, um, they say to me, oh, it was so good to go to see another site, but, but Pastor Brittany, I'm so glad I'm here in Edgewater. <laughs> and uh, I love to hear this, not because I think Edgewater is the best site, but because I'm absolutely confident that if somebody from South Loop were in this room right now, they would go back to Pastor Christian and say the same thing. It was so great to be in Edgewater, but I'm so glad to be at South Loop. Um, or I'm so glad to be at Hyde Park Woodlawn, or I'm so glad that I am in Wicker Park. This is because God is bigger than what's happening in this site, right? The, the Spirit is contextualizing the gospel in a variety of neighborhoods across our city. It's the same life-changing gospel, but it's relevant to people in different ways, right? We're a different demographic than Wicker Park, than South Loop, than Hyde Park Woodlawn. And so the Spirit is moving so that we can understand who God is. I see this also working beyond UVC. You know, we're part of the United Methodist Church, and while I am so sad to be leaving this place um, I am really excited to see how the Spirit is moving in these 60 churches across the north side of Chicago. Uh, my district is, I think it's the most diverse district in the United States. I am going to get to go to churches where the language will be Vietnamese, Spanish, Korean, Hindi, Arabic, and um, culturally, there are Filipino churches and Japanese churches. There's old Swedish churches. I can't wait to see how big God is speaking in different languages and cultures. So that's speak. The Holy Spirit allows us to speak in contextual ways. Hear is the second one. The Holy Spirit allows us to hear. Okay, uh, tell me how many of you, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, bear with me, how many of you heard Laurel? How many of you heard Yanni? How many of you heard both? Okay, how many of you have no idea what I'm talking about and feel like I might be drunk at nine in the morning? Yes. <laughs> So apparently there's this thing going around the internet, and if I were a conspiracy theorist, I would say that a pastor made the recording and leaked it a couple weeks before Pentecost so they could have a great sermon uh, illustration. But there's this thing going around the internet, and it, um, I hear Laurel, I've, heard it, I've listened on like 20 devices, well, I don't have 20. Okay, I've listened a lot of different times, and I always hear Laurel. There's this recording of a, a guy that's going, Laurel, Laurel. Um, but apparently some people hear Yanni, Yanni, um, and some people can hear both. And um, I started reading this article. There's a whole scientific explanation of why this happens. I got really bored in the middle of the article, so I'm not going to share with you the science. You can look it up yourself. Um, 
But it's a miracle that we hear these different things, right? The miracle in Acts is not just that we can speak in different languages, but also that we can, the crowd can hear in different ways. The Galilean disciples could have spoken a number of things, and, and the people gathered could have just heard Yanni, Yanni. But instead, the miracle is that they heard the gospel in their own language. Despite the differences of life experiences, the Holy Spirit was able to communicate with every person in their language so that they could hear the life-saving message of the gospel. So the pouring out of the Holy Spirit allows us to speak, to hear, and to go and tell. We come here today, give me an amen if you believe this, we come here today not just for the history lesson of what happened in the book of Acts, but because we know that as followers of Christ, the Spirit of God is present in us today, right? It's not just what happened 2,000 years ago, it's what's happening now too. In us today, in that people all gathered here in the Edge Theater, in the people all gathered in churches all across the city, the state, the world, right? The Spirit is at work. And sharing the good news to go and tell, it is not about creating conformity. Hopefully you got that from the speak and hear thing. When we go and share the good news, it is not to create people that think and talk and look like you. That's called colonialism. We are here to also be transformed. The Spirit calls us to invite people into community so that this community can expand and get bigger not just in people, but in identity, right? That we can more fully see, we can look around this room and more fully see who God is because the different people that come in here open us up to a bigger picture of God. Does that make sense? Our unity is in naming, is not in conformity, it's in naming that we are all striving to follow Jesus, And we are putting our trust in his grace. That's our unity. The Holy Spirit is in each of you. It's empowering you to be believers of this good news. Um, And now, some of you might be like, me? Are you sure? Raise your hand if you've been baptized. Okay. So, in your baptism... Um, what we do here is once the water is done, we, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God and mother of us all. We then take oil and we place it at a sign of a cross on your forehead. And we say, in your baptism, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. It's not the act of doing that that seals you in the Holy Spirit. That's just an outward symbol so we can name what has happened. But each of you in your baptism have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
So what are you going to do about it? I've got to tell you, um, I think the Holy Spirit is at work in this place, in, in UBC as a whole, in a really special way. I think I've told this story before, but I figure, like, since I only have a limited amount of weeks left, I can tell any story I want. (laughs) Several years back, someone, when we were in Andersonville, someone uh, from Andersonville had been attending for about 18 months, and uh, they came to me, and they said um, they realized that they were caught up in a cycle of addiction, and they had begun, they had reached out to someone else in the addiction grace and recovery group, and they had begun working the 12 steps of recovery. Um, and this person talked about what a struggle it was to live with this addiction, to, to try to give it up, and how it was only in submitting to the higher power of Christ that they were slowly, slowly finding freedom. Uh, around that same time, or a little bit later, I was preparing my paperwork for ordination. And uh, the process of an ordination is long and mighty, but there is an end. And the end is this large sort of uh, summa theologia of, of everything you believe about God and people. And in it, I was writing and um, reflecting on this incident. And I had said something about how... Um, I had framed it as the Holy Spirit taking a long time. Because, you know, you read in the second chapter of Acts and Peter gets up and preaches a sermon and then like 3,000 people get baptized. I've never had that happen. So 18 months felt like a really long time, you know? And uh, so the next step of, like the final step is that all these pastors and lay people read your paperwork and then they interview you. And... I was getting interviewed, and one of the pastors brought up this story that I had reflected on, and he said, I want to push you a bit. Um, You say that 18 months is a long time. He said, I have an organist at my church. Our prayer team, we've been praying for her husband for 40 years. We've been praying that he would come to know Jesus for the last 40 years, and it hasn't happened yet. It seems to me, he said, that the Holy Spirit is at work and powerful ways at UBC. The Holy Spirit is at work in powerful ways at UBC. Friends, these aren't my words, but they're from someone who is looking at us from afar. The Holy Spirit is at work in powerful ways in this place and among you people moving us all on the path of freedom and authenticity, and wholeness. Can I get an amen if that's happening in your life? How can we keep that to ourselves? How can we keep that to ourselves? The Holy Spirit is at work in powerful ways in this community and in each of you individually. And so today we go forth rejoicing with great hope and proclaiming God's salvation for all people. Can you help me sing it?